Well, good morning again. Welcome to Life Church. My name is Ryan Coggins. I'm one of the staff pastors here at Life Church. Uh, pastor Aaron is actually out of the country right now. Pastor Aaron, uh, senior pastor here at Life Church. Um, and what uh, he had an opportunity to do, kind of a cool opportunity, to speak at a uh, Bible school graduation down there. There was about 800 students uh, that, that he got to speak to last time, so or last night. So cool opportunities. Also seeing some missions projects that I'm sure you're going to hear more about uh, in the weeks to come, but uh, he'll be back with us next weekend preaching. And uh, also keep in prayer uh, for the men's uh, missions trip to Oaxaca, Mexico. They're on their way back, and they'll be back tonight. And so just some cool things that, that's happening there uh, with some construction they're doing. Uh, Pastor Kevin took uh, 16 guys and himself down there. So a uh, very cool opportunity, but keep them in your prayers for safe travel uh, on their way home. Speaking of traveling. I, I was recently um, on an airplane going from Milwaukee to Dallas about two weeks ago. And um, I don't know about you guys, but when I, I travel, I don't like to sit next to a talker on the airplane and call me crabby. I, I don't know, whatever. Um, I'm by nature, a little bit more on the introverted side of the scale and kind of like to just read my book. And I'll be nice and I want to meet you know, I'll meet the person, say hi, you know, where are you going, you know, what are you doing? Um, but that's about the extent of it. At that point, I'm like, peace out, let, let me just read my book, you know, like, uh, it's fine. Um, so that's kind of how I, uh, that's kind of how I operate. And so I was on this plane ride, and uh, we hadn't started yet. They were about to close the door to the plane and, and, and get going. And I was getting pretty excited because the, the flight was very full, but the seat next to me was open. That's like best of both worlds. I get extra space. I don't have to talk to anyone. I can just kind of do my thing. Um, and I was looking forward to that. Well, last second, somebody comes bolting in. And sure enough, I'm like, okay, that guy's sitting with me, isn't he? He's sitting with me. And the fact that I didn't want to sit next to a talker and God having a sense of humor that day, um, the guy comes barreling in, kind of disheveled. And this is, this is his first line out of his, out of his mouth. He's like, Hey, my name's Davey, and I've never flown before, and so uh, tell me, what should I expect? I'm like, okay. Um, hi, I'm Ryan, you know, let's, uh, what should you expect? And he's like, no, what do I expect for real? I want to know. I'm like, well, I've never, I, I was thinking about it, I've never really explained this before, but I, you know, you kind of go up in the air, um, <laughs> you level off for a while, like, you know, Pilot comes on, gives you a little update. We're at 36,000 feet, and hope you're enjoying your fly back there. And then uh, we, you start to descend, and then kind of softly land. And, and I was like, I, I, I wasn't trying to be sarcastic or snotty or whatever, but I was like, you know, that's pretty much what I've experienced every time so far. Um, <laughs> with the exception of skydiving one time, that was a little different. But this was just pretty up and down, no big deal. And he's like, well, I heard that uh, sometimes you hit the ground really hard when you're landing. I'm like, I hope not. That's not the goal. Uh, and he, I'm like, it should be nice and, nice and easy. Well, this guy, uh, let's try to make a long story short. I could go into all the details, but he was a talker. Not only was he a talker, but he, he was like playing games and stuff like that and kind of like not just on his tray table, on mine too, kind of broke some unwritten protocol on airlines. 
and, and just started, you know, like dealing cards out. And um, he was like, hey, I don't know how to play chess. Can you show me how to set up the board? And he's a super nice guy, don't get me wrong, but he was just all over the place. And so I, I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll set up your chessboard. And then he starts playing dominoes and bumps the tray table. Dominoes go flying everywhere. Um, there was a point where I'm trying, uh, this whole time I'm trying to like read my book and not be rude, but at the same time kind of being rude. You know, I'm like uh, trying to get the point across. I, I just want to read right now. And so I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah, sure. And he's like, every so often he'd ask me, what city is that? You know, like pointing down. I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea, you know, like no clue whatsoever. Um, and he would just, he, every so often he would, and this just really infringed on some personal space that I have. Um, I have my phone sitting on my tray t- table, and every so often he'd reach over and press the button on my phone to see what time it was. Like every two minutes, you know. Um, I, had my, I had my little pretzels and soda, and I had just finished my soda, and so there's just a cup of ice sitting there. And he says, hey, can I have your ice? Sure, go for it. Here, some of those have been in my mouth that I spit them back in. But, and he ate my whole cup of ice. I was like, this is, this is just getting weird. Um, he's not getting my hints that I, I don't want to talk. I have kind of a, probably a pretty bad attitude at that point. Because at first it was comical, but at the end I was like, seriously, we're going to do this for two and a half hours? We're going to just go back and forth about the weirdest things in the world, and, and he'd get up to go to the bathroom, and, 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 but he's on the window seat, and so, it's, you know, several times. So throughout the whole course of the flight, I was just somewhat annoyed, um, to put it n- probably nicely. And several times since then, it, it was two weeks ago, but several times since then, I've thought a lot about that story and, and that situation. And to be honest with you, um, as funny as it was, and I get a good laugh out of, you know, telling Amanda uh, and, and you guys um, that, as funny as it was, I realized that I completely missed an opportunity because of my, my completely negative attitude uh, towards this guy. This guy, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't know where he's at with his relationship with Christ, but I'm telling you, I could have probably led him to Christ right there. He was just wide open. He would talk about anything. Everything was awesome. And so, I, man, I, I, I could have taken an opportunity to at least see where his relationship with, is with God and go into that and talk about that. And I just, man, I was like, I don't want to be stuck next to you right now, and so I'm not going to talk about it, and I don't really care right now. I just want to read my book and be left alone, to be honest with you. That, that was my attitude. And I'm, I'm somewhat, uh, I get somewhat disappointed in myself um, because that's not the only time that that's happened. There are certain times in my life uh, that, you know, I kind of want to turn the pastor button off, you know, like, not right now, just, uh, I'm just a guy on a plane and I, I just read my book. I, I don't really want to be bugged. And God has just really been, he's really convicted me about that situation and, and a few others like it over the past uh, couple of years and really convicted me that the fact that um, I strongly believe that we, it's impossible to do the full will of God and have a negative and critical spirit at the same time. How many opportunities are missed simply because we have a critical and a negative spirit? I know what the Bible says uh, about what our attitude should be. Philippians 2 verse 5 says that you should have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. You know, Psalm 118, 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 says, Rejoice always. 
just one of the shortest verses in the Bible, just rejoice always. And yet there's several times where that's not me, um, if I'm just to be perfectly honest. Now, I will say that I've improved in this area and I'm continue to improve, but we don't have time to have moments of just being in a funk, you know? We don't have time, uh, time to just be negative towards a certain situation. Yeah, there's a time for mourning. There's a time for rejoicing. There's a time, it, it's okay, every once in a while, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have times that you're just going to want to just, just leave me alone for a second. But by and large, it, it, it doesn't make any excuse to miss opportunities for Christ. So where does this negative attitude come from? Where, uh, what do we do about it? That's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. But just for a second, be, be, so I just don't feel so weird today, I, I want to know... It, have a little audience participation. You don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. But on the backside of your bulletin, I, did, I didn't provide a, a whole lot of notes or anything today, um, but I did provide just five areas of negativity that I want to just walk through these five just real quick. It won't take long at all, but um, just to, uh, if, if any of these areas resonate with you, you say, Ryan, yeah, that's probably an area that I, I struggle in a little bit. Just check just check with the appropriate box. Personal negativity, the first area, personal negativity. You say things like, I don't have what it takes, you know? Um, you, you say things like, I don't get any breaks. Everyone else seems to get breaks. I don't get any breaks in life. Or maybe it's a personal appearance. You don't like the way you look. I'm too fat, or I don't like what my hair's doing, or I don't like, you know, my appearance. I don't like my clothes. I need a new wardrobe. And you have like a personal negativity. Uh, towards yourself. Or maybe it's, you play the nobody appreciates me card, you know? My, I, I wake up early in the morning, I put in a hard day's work, I come home, I spend time with my kids and my family, I try to be the super mom or super, you know, dad, and, and I don't get to bed until about midnight and do it all over again the next day just to, to provide for my family, and yet nobody appreciates me. I don't even get a thank you card in the mail. Nobody appreciates me. It's personal negativity. Another area, if that's you, go ahead, check that box, personal negativity. The second area is relational negativity. This time of year seems to be, um, for whatever reason, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and yet in, when it comes relationally, uh, a lot of people really, really struggle this time of year. You might say, well, Ryan, you don't understand. My family is just messed up. There is so much stuff going. I don't even have time to explain just how messed up my family is. Or you say things like, every time I get close to somebody, I get burned, you know? Uh, I wish my spouse was like so-and-so. You can't trust men. He'll never change. My boss is a jerk, you know? You say things like that um, when it comes to relational negativity. If that's you, go ahead, check that box. Another area is circumstantial negativity. People who are single say, if I was married... I would be happy. Life would be so much better if I was married. Some of you who are married. <laughs> Let's hope you're not trying to say, I wish I was single, but if only we had children, life would be so much better. Those of you who it's children say, if only we had different children, life would be. <laughs> Let's hope you don't say that. If I had a better job, you know, if I had just, if I just made a little bit more money, if the economy wasn't just down in the dumps, if I had a bigger house, if it's the if I had, if I had this, life would be so much better. I'd be so much happier. If you've ever said things like that, circumstantial negativity, go ahead, check that box. Another area is spiritual negativity. 
You say things like, God doesn't answer my prayers. Or, or why does God bless that person and not me? If you've ever said that. Or maybe you get just real negative and critical about churches in general, and no church could ever meet your expectations. I'm just gonna tell you, Life Church probably won't either. Or, or you say things like, how come I can't get close to God? How come I can't get close to God? It seems like there's just this wall that I just, this ceiling that I just keep hitting time and time again. It's spiritual negativity. If that's you, check that box or circle. Check that circle. The last area is nitpicky negativity. Nitpicky negativity. This is kind of a catch-all nitpicky negativity. If you have a lot of pet peeves, you might deal with nitpicky negativity. I, just to be honest with you, out of all five of these areas, I probably struggle the most with this one. It's, it, it, I, I get critical about the most inconsequential things in the world. You know, I don't, I don't know if you just kind of nitpick at every little detail. Um, slow drivers, it's not, if you've heard me preach before, I probably talk about them almost every sermon that comes out because that's just this, uh, an area of my life I don't understand. I don't understand why you have to be in the left-hand lane and drive slow when there's a perfectly slower lane right, right there. <laughs> slower traffic keep right, that's anyone that's going slower than me, right? <laughs> Um, and if I'm three feet away from your bumper, that means get, no, I'm just, so anyway, it's nitpicky negativity, uh, running out of something at, at your house. A couple nights ago, we ran out of milk at 830 at night. Life shuts down without milk. You can't do anything. And so I'm like, well, I was at, you know, I was at the store earlier. We could have, you know, why didn't we think of this earlier? I, you know, you just get negative about things like that or your cell phone not working properly. You know, I've, my cell phone's been like freezing up lately. Like it's just, it's just stuck. I'm like, this thing is like brand new and it's, it's not even working uh, correctly. Tech, when technology fails, I, it just, I just about go crazy. So that, you know, nitpicky negativity. Or you might say things like, why is it so dark at Life Church? Every time you come in the sanctuary, you can't even see my seat. Or why do they got lights going and they got rock band going? They're shredding on the guitar. Why, you know, is this, is this a rock concert or is this church? Can tell you, I've heard those comments before. Uh, nitpicky negativity, or who's this teenager on stage with a tie and Converse sneakers? You know, what's going on? That doesn't even work together. Um, it's okay, God will heal you today. <laughs> nitpicky negativity. This for me, I, I can talk a little bit more openly about this one because I struggle with this. I, I tend to want to just really pick out all the little things wrong with every little thing. And it's an area that, to be honest with you, God, God has really challenged me in of late. If you checked any of these boxes, I'm going to ask you to do something real brave. You don't have to, but if you would, if you checked any of these boxes, just any one of them, would you simply just slip up your hand right now and just let me see it? You slip, okay, Mo most people in this room. Now, if, you, if you checked all five, you can actually just leave because I can't help you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Honestly, at, all, at some point in my life, I've dealt with every single one of these at different areas and different times of my life. We all generally, we all deal with negativity. I know there's a few people that, man, they're just peppy all the time, and God bless you. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I, I think a lot of us, we deal with being critical and negative at various points of our life. And the good news is uh, the Bible has a ton to say about a negative attitude. It has a ton of just pointing out what our attitude should be, and it has a ton of practical, this is what your attitude should be. This is how you can change this 
uh, in your life. Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. As he thinks within himself, so he is. That doesn't mean that if you're a high school man, a high school boy, and you think about girls all the time, you're not going to become a girl. It's okay. That, that was me, uh, you know. But, but as he thinks within himself, so he is. It's a pretty big deal. It's pretty serious. It, Jesus, it, all over Scripture, uh, it talks about how our attitude should be that of Christ. In, in, in Philippians chapter two, verse five, I just mentioned that. So where does our negative attitude come from? Where does it begin? Because anytime you're gonna to try to solve a problem, you gotta figure out what's, what's the source. Let's, let's nip it in the bud. What, what, where does it begin? Uh, well, Jesus goes into detail in Matthew chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, open up Matthew chapter 15. And starting in verse 18, he kind of gives us, this is where your negativity comes from. He says, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. And we're just going to stop right there. The verse continues to say other things that come out of your heart. But the first one is the one I want to focus on. Out of your heart come evil thoughts. Now, I know that that word evil, that sounds like, ooh, that's, that's like really a strong word. Well, evil can be defined or it can be translated as bad or negative Jesus is simply saying negative, critical, bad, evil, whatever you want to call it, negative thoughts, they start in your heart. They don't start in your head. They start in your heart. And I'll be honest with you, I, I struggle a little bit with this message because the last thing I want to do is just give you, uh, you can do it, um, mind over matter, self-help, all, although some of that stuff is great material, I don't want to just give you just a, hey, this, this is the ABCs of having a positive attitude. Because Jesus says it's not about all, the, it's about your heart. It's about a condition of the heart. And if you don't deal with the condition of the heart, all this other stuff is just, that's just symptoms of a deeper issue that's going on, which for me is a bit challenging because it's like, okay, we're going to go there. We're going to talk about my heart. And when I nitpick little things, that that's a reflection of my heart. That's not just a, oh, I can just blow that off. I just, I'm just a critical person. I'm kind of detail-oriented or whatever you want to call it. No, no, no. Jesus is saying here, that's a condition of your heart. That's a reflection of what's going on in your heart. That's a bit challenging for me. I could tell you what you should and shouldn't say, you know. I could tell you what you should and shouldn't think. I could tell you what you should and shouldn't do. Uh, but all that would do is create a filter for you. You'd say, okay, uh, I, can, I can stop those thoughts from, from getting out. I can stop that action from getting out. I can stop that word from getting out. The problem with that is, is every once in a while, uh, you know, the Bible says what's done in darkness will be brought to light, that the things that are in your heart, they will eventually come out. They will break through your filter, and then it's, it, it's right there in front of everyone. You see this uh, played out when you see like a news story about somebody who's, create, uh, who's uh, committed a crime, and let's just, just as, a, as an example, somebody who murders somebody. Now on the news story, they'll, they'll interview neighbors and, and friends and coworkers and family, and 99% of the time, the people say nothing but positive things about the person. Oh, they were such a sweet person. They were so nice. I would have never imagined in a million years they would be capable of something like that. I mean, you don't hear somebody come out and just say, yeah, that dude was a psycho. I was waiting for the chainsaw to come ripping. You know, you, like, you don't hear that. 
you hear, they were so nice. They were so sweet. They were such a gentle spirit, you know, things like that. The reality is nothing changed. You say, well, what, what, what could have changed? Just one day they're really, really nice, and the next day they're really, really not nice. You know, like, what, where's the, the gap? Nothing changed. It's the fact that their filter broke down. And the things that were in their heart have been in there for a long time, probably. And finally, something gave, their filter got weak, and in a moment, they acted out on what was in their heart all along. I don't want to just tell you how to create a filter. I don't want to, it's not enough just to create a filter and modify our behavior. Uh, it's not enough. It, it goes all the way back to what's in our heart to begin with. Proverbs 4.23 says it like this, kind of gives us, this is what you should do. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Another version says, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Everything starts in your heart. The Bible says, guard your hearts. And I always, this verse, I love this verse, but to be honest with you, it's like, okay, let's get a, a bit more practical. What do we do? How do you guard your heart? What does that actually look like Monday through Friday? Because it's one thing to know that verse, and it's another thing to actually put it into practice in your life. Guard your heart. What does that look like? We're going to talk about that uh, for the next few minutes. I, I think there's three things that we can do specifically that the Bible talks about that we can do to guard our heart specifically in the area of having a critical and a negative attitude. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. Don't be around negative people. It sounds so simple, but don't be around negative people. They're, they're the people that, that you might consider a joy killer. You know, they're, they're constantly negative about anything. Many of you know those people, or many of you are those people, but don't be around negative people. 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says it like this, bad company corrupts good character. Um, and in my short amount of time on earth, I've learned that that is completely true. I've seen it play out in, in, in middle school and high school students constantly, that bad company corrupts good character. The people that you have in your life, they will dictate the outcome of your life. I heard it said like this by a preacher named Stephen Furtick. He pastors a church in Charlotte, North Carolina. He said this, I'll never forget it, and I, I wrote it down, and I, I remember it clearly. He said, the people that get into your ear determine the thoughts in your head. The, thought, the thoughts in your head determine the content of your heart, and the contents of your heart determines the outcome of your life. It's so true. The people that you have influencing you on a regular basis will determine the outcome of your life. Bad company corrupts good character. Who in your life, in the area of negativity, do you have, do you have relationships that you need to sever? And I know that that's out, that sounds really severe. You know, that sounds really harsh to sever a relationship and I'm not saying by severing you just turn your back and never talk to that person again and don't love them. I, I was, you should love everyone. And, and you can totally still talk to them and still, you know, be involved. But don't let them influence you. You know, that if you know what I'm talking about, that you kind of have like an inner circle of influence in your life. Who do you, and, and you define who those people are. are. Are any of those people in that circle that shouldn't be there, just to be honest with you? You might love that person to death, but your common bond with them is negativity. You know, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I've had people in my life that my common bond with them was just cutting other people down. Just straight up gossiping, if you will. I mean, just talking negative constantly. And I've had to make some tough choices. There's certain people in my life 
over the years that I've had to say, I can't be around that constantly. I love you. You're a great friend, but I cannot let that into my life constantly. I need to guard my heart against that negativity in my life. And, and you might have to make some tough choices, some tough calls on, on, um, on who those relationships are. There's a big difference between who you influence and who you let influence you. So there might be some people that are kind of projects in your life that you are, you are really trying to influence and you're trying to pour your life into. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying who is influencing you? Who is pouring into you? Bad company corrupts good character. Don't be around negative people. The second area, the second thing I think we can do is don't dwell on negative thoughts. Don't dwell on negative thoughts. There's a big difference between having a negative thought and dwelling on a negative thought. You know, the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, it says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does that look like? Well, here's just a real, a real short example. My, my daughter, May, she's two and a half years old, and we were driving home from church a few weeks ago. And from the back seat, I just hear crying. It just started out really soft, and I thought she thought she was like singing or something, and it turned out she, was, she just went into full-blown tears, crying, slobbering all over herself, like big deal. I turned around, I was like, May, what's wrong? And she said, my hat, my hat, it's broken. I was like, your hat's broken? And she, she put up her hand, and she had two little yarn balls in her hand. She had one of these hats, I don't know what you call them, but the little stocking caps that had like yarn hanging down and these little tassel, these little balls of yarn hanging off. You probably know what I'm talking about. Little balls of yarn hanging off. Well, she had pulled both of them off and now her hat is broken and it was a big monster deal. And I turn around and I'm like, mate, it's okay. I can fix that. That's not a big deal. I, you know, we'll get right when we get home, right when we walk in, first thing we do, we'll fix your hat. No big deal. I'll take care of it. And so she dried it up. She was fine. She was like, okay. You know, she's trying to gasp for air and all that. And she's like, okay, it's fine. Two minutes later, starts crying from the back seat again. And I'm like, what's wrong now? She's like, my hat's broken. I'm like, we just talked about it. I'm going to fix it. It's not a big deal. We'll be home in 10 minutes. It's not a big deal. I'll fix it when we get home. Okay, okay. Seriously, this happened four times throughout the course of the trip. She just kept bringing it up. My hat's broken, my hat's broken, my hat's broken. And I'm like, two minutes, we'll be home. You know, like, we're going to be home in just a little bit. It's no big deal. I will fix this. And, and, and she was fine with it and everything. But she just kept coming back to it. She's like, I don't care that it's going to get fixed. I don't care that it's, I, I, my hat's broken. How many times do we simply dwell on the, the circumstances, the negative things that are going on in our lives, and we just sit, soak, and sour, just waiting and, and, just, and just complaining and griping about our situation. When we have a Father in heaven who's saying, I don't know, just hold on, just be patient, just 10 minutes, we'll be home. I'll fix it, no big deal, but you need to be a little patient. Let's just wait till we get home. How many times do we, do we focus more on the negative side of it than just realizing that we have a Father in heaven who who wants to fix every, every problem in our lives. It's just he might not fix it the way we want him to. He might not fix it on our timing. But taking every thought captive and saying, okay, 
That's a negative thought. That's, that, that's, that's going to get me down. That's going to suck the joy out of my life, the unspeakable joy that the Bible talks about. That's going to rob me of that. I'm going to take it captive and give it to Christ. That's what the Bible says to do. Don't dwell on negative thoughts. Guard your heart against dwelling on negative thoughts. And the last thing is this. Replace negative thoughts with God's thoughts. Kind of plays hand in hand with the last one. Don't dwell on negative thoughts, but also replace negative thoughts with God's thoughts. Take it a step further. Philippians 4, 7 through 8. I love this passage of scripture. It says this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Replace those negative thoughts with the thoughts of God. This is how this plays out in our everyday life. You, you, instead of saying things like, my boss is a jerk, or my coworkers, I just can't get along with them. Say, maybe God has put me in their life for a reason. Maybe God has me positioned at, at my workplace right now because he wants me to be an influence in their life. And I'm the only one that's ever gonna have a shot to lead them to Christ. Maybe, maybe God has me there for a reason. Or you say things like, my spouse will never change. Ryan, you don't understand, we have the same argument every single week. They're never going to change. Instead of saying that, you say, maybe God is gonna do a work in me and change me. You know, instead of saying, uh, you know, things like, I'll never climb out of debt. Ryan, you don't understand, I have a mountain of debt and it debilitates every other thing in my life. I can't, I'm just captive by this debt. I'm just a prisoner to my debt. It's impossible, I can never get rid of it. Instead of saying that, say, with God, all things are possible. That's what the word of God says. You know, instead of saying things like, I'm not good enough, or I'm not talented enough, I can't do it. Say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, instead of saying, I'm a victim, I'm a victim of my circumstances, Ryan, you don't understand, just a lot of things have just been attacking, I'm just kind of a victim right now. Say, I'm a victor, and I will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of my testimony. That's, that's what the word of God says. It's taking every thought captive, but not only that, but standing firm on the promises of God's word and saying, this is going to be my thought life. I'm going to take that thought and, and say it, I'm telling you, that is not of God. That's not what the word of God says in scripture. I'm just gonna tell you right now, you will never know what God's thoughts are though if you don't have the word of God hidden in your heart. That's what the word of God says, that have the word of God hidden in your heart that you might not sin against him. You need to know what the word of God says. If I was just to have a little two-minute conversation, if you came to me and you said, Ryan, I struggle with every one of these and I, I don't know what to do, if I would just give you the two-minute answer, I would say, how much Bible are you reading? Do you have the word of God in your heart that you're able to replace that negativity with the thoughts of God? Do you know what God's thoughts are? Because they're recorded all over uh, scripture. That's what I would tell you to do. Some of you, the most, uh, you know, the best thing that you can do uh, for your life right now is just to get into God's word. Is just to begin to read and begin to study. And not like it's this, I think there's this misconception um, that if I read the Bible, it's like by osmosis, I'm going to just become a better, you know, like it's just going to happen. Or, or that if I read my Bible, God's gonna be happy with me and he's gonna bless me because of it. That has nothing to do with it. 
It's having the word of God in your heart. First of all, it's, it's living out the word of God in your life. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just do it. You know, just, just do what the Bible says to do. But secondly, it's so that you can have the word of God in your heart so when negativity comes in your life, when circumstances arise, when, you're in, when you, your back is against the proverbial wall, that you're able to say, no, 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 I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. That's, that's why we read God's word, replacing negative thoughts with the thoughts of God. If just real practical, if you, um, if I were to throw up on the screen, not vomit, but throw up on the screen, uh, what your Bible reading looks like, a lot of us, I, I think, would probably be embarrassed and ashamed of that. And I'm not here to beat you up over that. I'm here to tell you, just start now. Just start today. Just decide I'm going to get the word of God in my heart. Uh, there's a lot of great tools um, that, that I could tell you more about, but um, there, there's something even called version that if you have a, a BlackBerry or an iPhone or a smartphone, you can download. It has Bible reading plans right there. Maybe you're the type of person that that would help keep you accountable. Um, you just need direction on where to go and what to do. Uh, maybe you need help just finding out what version of the Bible you, you might have. Thus saith the Lord, doth all these weird, you know, like King James Version, that you need something that you can read a little bit better. I'd suggest today's New International Version. I'd suggest the Message Translation, uh, New Living Translation. I mean, there's several different translations that might resonate a little, bit, a little bit more with you. But just start. Have the Word of God in your heart. Basically, what I have found um, <laughs> over the years is that people find what they're looking for. If you want to gripe, man, there's tons of things that you can gripe about. You don't have to look beyond the four walls of this church to gripe about something. I'm just going to tell you right now, you can find what you're looking for. But if you want to find God in your workplace or in your home or in your family, you can find that just as easily. It's just what are you looking for? What are you looking for? There's two different types of birds, a vulture and a hummingbird. A vulture looks for dead things. A hummingbird looks for flowers and nectar and sweet things and happy things, you know. It's two, it's two birds, but they're looking for exactly diametrically opposed things. You know, one's looking for dead things, one's looking for living things. You'll find what you're looking for, and it comes down to what does your attitude look like? You know, when you, I have you check this for a reason because, you know, it helps you analyze a little bit your life and your thought life. Are you checking any of these boxes? Are there areas where you know that you need work? And, and please do not just blow this off and say, well, yeah, I'm kind of just, kind of just a, a grouch sometimes and no big deal. Jesus would tell you, no, 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 that, that's a big deal because it's a reflection of your heart. What's going on in your heart? What, do you, what adjustment, what course adjustments do you need to make in your heart today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me?